Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so happy that I can minister to you today and share with you something that is very personal and dear to my heart, something that I believe is very important for our days. In all of my life, if I think back of the different moments that God brought me to certain points where blessings flowed, God always brought me together with someone in a divine manner. It is wonderful to see how God brings people together, and he does it in our days. And it's so important to expect this and to believe for this and also to pray for this. These things don't just happen automatically by themselves. If there's one thing you can learn in the Bible, it is that these men and women who had divine encounters were men and women of prayer, and they were seeking the face of God, and they had a longing for God to move and to work in their life. Oh, they were longing for souls to get saved. They were longing for things to change, for things to happen. And we are living in days that things need to change. Things need to happen. Souls need to get saved. And how will these things happen? Well, God, by his Holy Spirit, will move on this world. But you know, I see that God does not exclude human instrumentality. He uses human instruments. And I'm so thankful for that. Even when the Spirit of God comes down and works, it is through human beings that have been called, raised up, chosen by him, failed by him, failed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Even if God sends angels, he uses those angels, but it does not exclude humans. He uses human beings as an instrument through which he works. Well, these human beings are not perfect. They are not without mistakes. They are not people who never fall or never fail. They are simple people like you and like me. But something always in their heart in a way that God sees fit to use them. And I tell you, sometimes from the outward appearance, you would think, well, that's a person I would never choose. And sometimes you look to someone and think, well, that must surely be an instrument of God's grace and God's power. But God cannot work through those people. Yes, it's a mystery sometimes, but It's a mystery for us, but not for our heavenly father, for he looks to the heart. He sees the heart of man. Oh, and the heart can be so different from what we can see from the outside. Well, I have three little stories, and I think these three stories, they make this point so clear, and I know they will encourage you, and they will help you to believe for your lifetime, for your surroundings, for your situation, that God is able to bring you in contact with someone, that together there will be a synergy. There will be something that God just has planned and ordained that will happen because he has brought you together. And only by being together you can fulfill that calling or that work or that ministry. You cannot do it alone, my dear friend. You need the Lord to partner you with the right people, in the right time, for the right work, and with the right motives. This is so important, my dear friend. 
And so you must be in prayer continuously. You must seek him. And I'm not talking about this religious prayer or repetitive prayer. I mean communicating with the Spirit of God, your Spirit and the Spirit of God, being one through the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus and divine communication that he is bringing you consciously and unconsciously to places and in contact with people that he has a plan that he wants to fulfill through that meeting. Well, I must go with you to Acts chapter 10. There was a man there, and he was a captain of the Italian guard. His name is Cornelius, and he was living in Caesarea. Well, he was a good man. What does the Bible say about this man, this this captain, this Italian guard captain? It says he was a man of prayer. He was a man who gave sacrifices, offerings for the poor. He was a righteous man, and he was someone who loved God, who worshiped God. I think these are so important, these qualities. If we can just find these qualities in people, that they will be men and women of prayer, that they will be giving people. God loves givers. If you are not a giver, if you always want to give God or give to others what is least and what is not good anymore, and what you don't want to have yourself anymore, this is not the nature of Christ. This is not the nature of God. God always gives the best. He blesses us with the best. And we need to learn to be blessers, to be givers. And when we are givers, oh, you will see it in the Bible. If you want to have true answered prayer, all that prayer needs to be accompanied by giving. It's the giving, the sacrificing. Oh, that goes way back in the Bible, from all the way back in the beginning, and it's not been abolished. It's still a part of the Bible today that when we go to God in prayer, we also need to give sacrifices, and we give sacrifices to Him, but we also must have a heart of compassion for those around us that are not doing well, and we need to help them and bless them. And we need to be givers in the church, and we need to be givers to missions. Oh, that is good ground to sow in, the mission field. Sow into missions, sow into those organizations. And why don't you make a gift to this organization sometime in your life to bless us and help us to continue to preach the gospel around the world. It's good ground to sow in. Well, we know of him that he was a man of prayer, he was a man of giving, and he was a righteous man. That's what the Bible says. And when the angel of the Lord came to him, because an angel of the Lord visited him, the angel of the Lord even said, Oh, Cornelius, you are known in heaven. I like that, because you are a man of prayer, and God has heard your prayers, and he has seen your giving. Oh, he was known in heaven. Are you known in heaven because you are a giver and because you are a man or woman of prayer? Oh, how important it is. Well, the angel of the Lord gave him instructions, and he said, you need to send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one who is called Peter, and you need to ask him to come to you, and he will tell you what needs to happen next. You know what I like about this? If the angel was there, giving him all these instructions and and spending time with him, talking to him, why could the angel 
not tell him what Peter was supposed to tell him? Why do we need that human instrument here? Why couldn't the angel just give the whole message? But the angel gave instructions, get Peter, and he will tell you what will happen next. Well, Cornelius, he sends men to get Peter, and that's quite a journey from Caesarea to Joppa. So they were traveling, and as they were going to Joppa and they were getting close, Peter was on the roof praying. Oh, do you see this connection? Cornelius was praying, and God sent an angel to him while he was praying. And here on the other side of the country, Peter is praying, and he is seeking the Lord. Oh, Lord, what do you want me to do next? What do you have for us? What do you want to do? What, what's going on in this world? What, what is the vision you have for me to fulfill? And he was seeking the Lord, and suddenly he had a vision. A cloth came down. And in that cloth, there were all these unclean animals. And a voice came out of heaven. And that voice said, kill and eat. Well, Peter, oh, when he heard that voice and he saw all those unclean animals and reptiles, he said, oh, no, Lord, I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. But the voice of the Lord came again. And the voice said, if God says it's okay, it's okay. And this happened three times. Yes, Peter needed some convincing. He was holding on to that word and to those rituals that he could not eat those unclean things. But it was not about eating unclean things. This went much further. And it was in his mind that the Jews could not be together with the heathens and that the gospel was for the Jews and not for the heathens. And so he was keeping the gospel for the Jews. But God had already said many times in his word, even to Abraham their way in the beginning and even in the Garden of Eden there in the very beginning, God said all oh, that he had a plan to send a savior for the whole world, hallelujah, for the whole world. But for Peter in his mind, that was so closed. And so, well, after the third time, that cloth went back into heaven. And Peter, he didn't understand that vision at all. Sometimes we don't understand that vision that the Lord gives us, but he was thinking about it, praying about it. And immediately the Holy Spirit said to him, there are men downstairs they have come to get you. Go with them without hesitation. And so Peter walked down, and here were those men of Cornelius, and he said, you are looking for me. And God already spoke to me. And he went on his way with these men to the house of Cornelius. And when he got there, Cornelius said, I'm so happy you're here. We are all so anxious to listen to you. And he got together a little crowd, his family and those close to him. And Peter, he said, I know I must be here because God spoke to me that what he has considered clean, I cannot consider unclean. But what do you want me for? Peter didn't know why he was there. Cornelius didn't know why he was there, but God knew it. Oh, I like it. Yes, God knew why he brought those two together. And there, Peter starts preaching Jesus. Oh, when you don't know what to do, just start talking about Jesus. And Peter started talking about Jesus. And as he was talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit came down upon Cornelius and his whole household, and they were saved, and they got baptized, and this was a great revelation for Cornelius and his family, 
Oh, that God loved him and chose him, but also for Peter, that God had chosen to bring the gospel to the heathens. Well, if you go one chapter earlier, you will find somewhat of a similar story. We know Saul. Oh, Saul, he was an enemy of the church of Jesus Christ. And he was on his way to Damascus to annihilate that church, that that group of believers in Jesus Christ. He wanted to put them to prison. He wanted to torture them, even to kill them. He wouldn't have complained about that because he was so angry against those Christians. And he wanted to put them down. He didn't want that to come into society, all that preaching of Christ. And he thought that he was doing God a favor, but it says, oh, he was an upright man and a man of prayer, but he was so blinded by his hatred against Jesus and the Christians. Well, he was on his way to Damascus, you know it in Acts chapter 9, and suddenly a light came from heaven, oh, and it threw him off his horse, and a voice came that said, and it was Jesus himself, who spoke to him and revealed himself to him and said, Saul, I am Jesus, the one that you persecute. Oh, Saul, he was ready to hear the whole message. But the Lord said, go into the city and there you will hear what you must do. Jesus could have told him the whole gospel, the whole message, but he had chosen to work through a man called Ananias. Well, Paul, he is blinded. Well, Saul, Paul, the same person. He was blinded because of that light, because of that revelation. And they brought him into the city, into a house. And for three days, he did not eat. He did not drink. He was in prayer. Oh, do you see that connection again? He was in prayer. He was in prayer. And there was another man in the city who was also in prayer. Ananias was his name. And God spoke to him and said, Ananias, you must go there and there and there, and you will find Saul, and you must tell him this and this and that, and lay your hands upon him, and he will see again, and he will be filled by the Holy Spirit. Well, Ananias, he said, Lord, Lord, I've heard so much about this man. This cannot be the man that you have chosen. But God said, yes, I have chosen this man and I will show him how much he will suffer and I will use him. Oh, when God has chosen to use someone, whatever is in the way, God will push it away and he will make a way where there is no way. And Ananias, he was in prayer and he was obedient. That's another word I just want to interject here. Prayer and obedience. And Ananias, he went into the house of Saul put his hand upon his shoulder, and he said, Saul, brother, (laughs) that was through the Holy Spirit. And immediately Saul could see, and Saul was filled by the Holy Spirit. He was baptized. Oh, again, that baptism is important. And he started to preach that Jesus is the Christ. Well, one chapter earlier again, we read another wonderful story. It's about Philip the Evangelist. He was preaching in Samaria, and there was a great revival going on. But the Lord spoke to him and said, you need to go to that lonely street that is on the way to Jerusalem in the desert there. And so he left this great revival and went to that lonely street. Again, prayer, 
the Lord reveals an obedience. And he is waiting there. And as he is waiting there, suddenly a chariot comes driving by. Well, it was a nice Mercedes-Benz, I believe, because it was the minister of finance of Ethiopia. This was an important man. And the Holy Spirit just nudges him, Philip, and says, go and join that chariot. Oh, hallelujah, my dear friends. I want to speak in new tongues right now because I believe there are those moments in your life, in my life, that the Holy Spirit so gently nudges us and says, go join yourself to that person. Go walk next to that person. Go say hello to that person. Go and call that person. And Philip, he was obedient. And he walked next to that chariot. And the man was just reading the book of Isaiah about how the lamb was being sacrificed. And all that Philip had to do was say those simple words, do you understand what you are reading? (laughs) Sometimes we think it's so difficult to evangelize. What are we going to say? But God had already prepared everything. This man was reading right there, the scriptures that were talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. And so the Ethiopian said, how can I understand? if there is no one here to explain it to me. And he asked Philip to come into the chariot. And there, Philip, going from that portion of Scripture, explained Jesus to him. And this was a divine encounter. And the man believed, and he saw water. And he said, Philip, can I be baptized right now? And Philip said, if you believe with your whole heart that Jesus is the Son of God, yes, you can. He said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, oh, so simple. And he was baptized right there and then. Oh, glory to God. These were such miraculous divine encounters. But don't believe that these are the only ones in the Bible or these are the only ones in life and that this does not happen anymore today. I have experienced it in my life many times, and I know for sure that God also has a plan to bring you in contact in a divine way with people so that miracles can flow. People will get saved. Mighty wonders can happen. Church growth can come. Oh, that there will be a great harvest of souls. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that whoever is listening on the other side of this broadcast, that faith will come in their heart, that they will believe that you have a plan to bring them together with someone for a special purpose, that they will be in prayer, Lord, that you will be able to give them a vision or send an angel into their room to talk to them or somehow move them, Lord, that they will do what needs to be done to bring them together with that other person. Yes, you use angels. Yes, you work through the Holy Spirit, but you use also human instruments, and you want to use my listeners. Oh, we don't know for what, Lord, but you know what will happen when we are obedient. So, Lord, bless them as they will be obedient. Help them, Lord, to be courageous and to be strong. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 